Despedir-te sou eu Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Spirit of God, Spirit of Truth, we reverence you in this place this this evening. into all truth and teach us all things. Spirit of truth, we acknowledge you in this place. Spirit of truth, we reverence you in this place tonight. and take your place Holy Spirit make this place your dwelling make our hearts your dwelling tonight be satisfied with our worship be satisfied with our persons be satisfied with the offering of our lives tonight God as the good as we acknowledge you tonight your voice resounds in our ears like that of many waters echoing through generations you are God and God alone. We reverence you.
You are holy. Psalms 29 says, Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. Seven, the voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. Verse 10, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Father, we just ask that you be enthroned in this place this evening. We ask that you will be enthroned in everything that will be done here tonight. Everything that will be said, would you be enthroned? We're just going to take a few moments and pray um, verse 11 of the what I've just read, Psalm 29. It says that the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And so we're just going to pray strength tonight over everyone watching over everyone connected to this house we're going to pray and release the peace and the strength of god oh father we pray the strength we pray your strength that you will release strength to your people tonight strength to hear your word strength to push that which you have given and installed on the inside of us in this season of waiting on you, of consecration, of hearing your voice, of teaching, and high spiritual activity, we wait on you to give us strength. We wait on you to endure us with power, like you did to the disciples, the apostles. We receive your strength. We receive your peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Welcome to day 10 of It Is Written, our 40-day journey into the Word of God. It is written, 40 days of teaching, blessing, and prophetic declarations. Um, if you're online, you can say hello to your neighbor. <laughs> And um, uh, let's get into the word of God. The last nine days have been, have been very enlightening and the Lord has been generous to us with his word. And we, we believe that the Lord will be generous, generous with, to us this, this day as we carry on on this journey. 
wouldn't be in your faces for too long tonight because um, I'm hoping that we can spend some time towards the end praying what we would learn or what we would hear. I want to start off by reading sort of the what we will call the temptations of Jesus. I'm just going to get this. Luke chapter 4, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Luke chapter 4. I'm going to read a few scriptures and I'm going to explain some things um, in a time of teaching. Luke chapter 4, just trying to load this up. Reading from the NIV, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. Verse 3. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus responded in verse 4. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Man shall not live on bread alone. Jesus answered and said, it is written. The devil led him high up and the Bible goes on and shows us another scenario of another temptation that the devil brings towards Jesus Christ. And in verse 8, he responds again and said, the Bible says, Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Satan or the devil didn't seem to be satisfied with the responses. And he tried a third time. And he asked the Lord Jesus to throw himself down. And he quoted the scripture. Satan actually quotes the scripture back to Jesus. Because Jesus had been saying to Satan, it is written, it is written. And Satan responds to Jesus with the same phrase that he has been using. And he said in verse 9, the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. And he says, for it is written, he will give command, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus then replies him and says, it is said. Another Matthew 4 verse 10 says, it is written still the same thing. I find it very interesting that Jesus and the devil are having a, a, a conversation, a to and fro, back and forth, a mini back and forth. And Satan has the guts to play Jesus Christ at, in quote, his game by misquoting scripture and saying, yes, you have said it is written, but I also know what is written. 
And my question to us is, when we go through scriptures, there are so many things that are written in scripture that you and I quote on a daily basis. Oh, by his stripes, I am healed. I am the head, I'm not the tail. I am above, not beneath. And my, my, my bread is blessed. My water is blessed. My going and my coming out is blessed. So many things that we have that we know are actually written in the Bible. But how do we take it out from the scriptures to make them become a reality in our lives is where I want to go to this evening. Because it will be a miserable life that we will live as Christians if, like the devil, we can quote scripture but then cannot apply those scriptures into our lives. And for sad, sad to say, for some of us, the enemy knows more scriptures than we do. How can we grow or live a victorious life as Christians if one, we don't know what is written and secondly, even when we do know what is written, we have not put it in play in our lives. And as I was reading, going through this, you know, this scripture or this in quotes, temptations of Jesus Christ, it made me realize that if we were to go based on just what is written in scripture, 90% of us Christians will be holy, will live lives that are totally in line with scripture, at least 90%. But when we look around ourselves, and we don't even need to look too far, just look in the mirror, and you see how you're living your life or you see the reality of your life and you look at the word of God which is meant to be your mirror and you ask yourself do these two actually tie in together do they actually am I living out scripture remember that we are epistles that the world should read so apart from the fact that there are things in the Bible that relate to us and our blessings and our and the Lord's promises towards us. We are also in quote the scripture that the world should read. I'm going to give a few examples. Um, if you turn to Luke chapter 10, verse 19, an example of things that you see written in scripture, but do we really live that reality on a daily basis? A very common one is the example of illnesses or sicknesses where we quote this scripture, oh, by his stripes we are healed. Or we say that, you know, if when we're trying to live lives of consecration or holiness towards God and we say that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. It is written, but our lives are not reflecting that. And I pray that at the end of tonight, by the time we are done, there would be a change whereby what we see written in scripture actually becomes our reality. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. This is quite a very popular scripture that we quote a lot of times. And this was when um, the, the disciples had gone out and we're doing lots of great things, casting out, you know. And, 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 and the Lord replied to them and said, okay, fine. 
yeah, I know the demons are, are subject to you. And then he says unto them in verse, in verse 19, he says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. This is a scripture that is written and should really be our reality. When he, when he says something, he is not, this was not a parable. When Jesus Christ spoke this word, he meant every single word that he said. The 72 returned with joy in verse 17. And, and they said, Lord, even the demons are subject, are, are subject to us in your name. And he was saying that it's not just the, the demonic powers that you can see that are subject to you. He was saying even the things that you, you can't see. He said you will trample. I have given you the authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. And nothing will harm you. It sounds like a very good scripture, but do we actually believe that nothing will harm us? When we see the news and we hear the crazy things that are out there, and you know, you hear this crisis, that war, and you hear lots of prophecies, some false, some man made, some authentic. And there's a lot of things that are coming our way. And then we quote this scripture, it is written. Do we really believe it? There was a man that showed that he actually took the word of God literally. And that was Paul. And this was found in the book of Acts chapter 28. When um, Paul um, was, was stranded on an island. And he, the Bible says in Acts chapter 28. You can read that in, at some point from verses 3 to 6. I'm going to read verses 3 and 6. It says, Paul gathered up bundles of sticks and a viper, not just a small snake. <laughs> this was a venomous snake that would kill you in, an, in however long. It could be a slow death. You could just suddenly collapse or whatever. But Paul, though it is written, had now become a living reality of Paul. I don't know about you, Brother Tony, but if a snake comes into this room, see, he says he's running. If a viper stands in front of, comes right now to you where you are, God forbid, what, what would you do? Even though it is written, when are we going to start taking the word of God literally? When the Bible says that none shall be barren, None shall cast their young. None of the diseases of the Egyptians will come upon you. None of the plagues will come upon you. When the Bible says, it is well, say ye to the righteous, it is well. When will it is written become our reality? And so basically, the, the people, the, 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 the indigents of where Paul was, they watched him closely. The Bible says that the islanders saw a snake fastened to his hand and they were watching him so closely. They looked to see if he would swell up, if he would fall down and die suddenly. But Paul was living a different reality. He was living a reality of where it is written had now become his everyday reality. It had lifted up from the scriptures 
And so basically what Paul did was that Paul defiled human comprehension because he knew because the pages of the scripture had moved from pen and paper and had moved somewhere else. It had become his living and everyday present reality. The Bible says that they looked at him for such a long time and after a while they watched, the Bible says they watched a great while and then they saw no harm come to him. And then they changed their minds and said that he was a God. Remember the scripture says that you and I are living epistles. We are the scriptures that men read. The, the, the guy on the street who wants, to do, wants nothing to do with Christianity or wants to have nothing to do with God should be able to read you and come to the conclusion that there is a God. The scriptures should be able to come alive to the man whose spirit is dead, but is alive, human, humanly speaking, by them reading and seeing your life. But that is not going to happen if all we are quoting is, it is written, like the devil quoted back to Jesus, it is written, he will give his angels charge over you. The Bible says that they changed their minds and they said he was a God. The world around us will begin to change our mind, their minds when we stop quoting scriptures like thou shalt not fornicate. But we begin to leave what the scripture actually says. The letter kills, the spirit gives life. Somebody say, it is written. It is written. There's so many examples of things that are written that are just head knowledge. So if you, I don't know how many of you have seen, have smoked in the past. Maybe you're watching and you smoke. But on your cigarette packet, <laughs> it is written. In my personal experience, I'm yet to see somebody who is addicted to cigarette smoke say, because it is written. It's written, but it has not yet become your reality. That's why you can hold a packet of cigarettes that writes smoking kills and you still carry on smoking that cigarette. That is why you can have in your bedroom posters, Pictures of, in quotes, Jesus. I don't know where you get those, where we get those pictures from. Posters that say, thou shalt not commit adultery, for example. Thou shalt not fornicate. But inside that same bedroom is where you carry out those activities. But it is written, and you can see it splattered around your room. My question to us, in this season of us moving and, and striving after God, when are, when, when are the words of the scriptures going to become our reality, our everyday reality? Some of us quote scriptures before going to bed. For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. 
you know, you splash anointing oil on your bed. I don't know what that, and you know, put a pillow. You, in fact, you use a, a Bible for a pillow. But then you're still afraid. You sleep with one eye open. You, you know the scriptures. You are quoting the scriptures, but it's not real to you. I'm just trying to lay a foundation because it's time that we move from being babes in the word to living epistles where we are the scripture that people around us can read. How can we make what is written in the scripture become our everyday reality? I remember when I was, there was a particular illness I was dealing with. This was almost 15 years ago. It had plagued me right from like my teenage years. And I knew what the scripture said about healing. But the moment it came into my heart, I had received prayers. And those prayers opened up the door for the word of God to come into my heart. It came to me in a dream where I saw the word of God written in black and white. And I was like, wow. And from that moment, that thing left. Psalm 119 verse 11. Psalm 119 verse 11. I'm just going to turn there very quickly. And if you have your Bibles, feel free to do so. I might get a few things from the Blue Letter Bible, but I've not got... Um, <laughs> um, I won't be able to show you on the screen. Psalm 119, verse 11. It says, Your word have I treasured and stored in my heart, that I may not sin against you. The word sin there is the word quata. And it doesn't it doesn't only mean to sin as in Ten Commandment type sin. It also means to miss, to miss the goal, to miss the path of right and duty, to miss the mark. Could it be that the reason you and I sometimes miss the mark, miss the goal, is because we have not had the word stored up in our hearts. We have it stored up in paper and pen. We have it stored up in our heads so we can quote the scripture. It says, your word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you, that I might not miss the mark, that I might not digress, that I might not miss the goal, that I might not miss the path. And so we need to get the scriptures from iPad, from paper Bible, from the Torah, from whatever thing you use to read. It needs to migrate from one place to another for it to become a reality. I don't know how many of you have, how many of you drive or use a sat nav. You don't need to drive to use Google Maps if, you, if you're taking a turn, if you're going somewhere you've never been before. 
when you know when you don't know where you're going even when google maps is on loud and you can see your sat nav sometimes it's easy for you to miss your turn because you've never been that way before even though you can see and hear what they're saying that same thing applies to scripture but when you've been there multiple times, for example, you're going home from work, you know that route, you go there every single time, it's moved from your head to your heart. And this time, sometimes you're going somewhere else. And it's like second nature. You just start heading towards the direction of work, but you were supposed to be going somewhere else because it's, it's moved from your head to your heart. Work is now placed on your heart. So you get in the car, you're planning to go to a friend's house, but you just begin to move into the direction of work. That is what the word of God in our heart does to us. It, it, it makes our default position the ways of God, the precepts of God. Having God's word written on the tablets of our heart, away from scripture, makes God our default position. It's like a pendulum. Whatever, wherever you swing it from left or right, it will always end up back in the middle. That is why you can, you can know scripture and you can be driving to, to, uh, to, uh, to, a, to a bed of fornication and you're telling yourself, this is what the Bible says. You are quoting scripture, but you are still driving there. Why? You're eating something that you know you shouldn't be eating. You're quoting the scripture, but you're still doing it. Why? But there is deliverance tonight in Jesus' name. You have something in your heart against somebody. You know it's wrong. You're trying in your own flesh because you know what is written, but it's not yet reached the tablets of your heart. But there will be a change tonight, I believe, in the name of Jesus. Second Corinthians... 3 verses 2 to 3 it talks about us being a letter read by everyone i think i had mentioned that already and he's telling us that we should show that we are a letter from christ and this letter has not been written with the ink but with the spirit of the living god god wants to write his laws in our hearts god wants to write the things, he wants to move the things that we see in scripture. Some of us are on a 90-day Bible reading plan. God wants to move those things that you're reading from paper, from ink, from what is written and he wants to write it on the tablets of your human heart. That way it will become a reality for you. If you're trying to set up IKEA DIY furniture, it could be very difficult when you're having to follow some things step by step by step. When you, when you don't know what you're doing and you're reading from a manual, every single distraction might frustrate you, might make you miss a step. When you miss a step, you might have to retract, retrace your steps and in some cases start all over again. Maybe you've missed a screw somewhere. And that is how the Christian walk has become for some of us. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So we are, we are going based on what we can see in the letter. 
Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. We are reading those things and we are striving in our own flesh to be those things or to do those things. But it has not yet become our reality because of where it is written. Somebody say, where is it written? So when Jesus Christ came, when Jesus Christ was responding to the devil and he was saying it is written. He wasn't saying it is written just because it is written in the, in the, in the, in the, in the scriptures. But he was saying it is written not just on paper, but it is written on my heart. That is why I can resist the temptations that you bring to me. John 5.39 says that you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. He, and he's saying that you're getting it wrong because you cannot just sit down and read Genesis Revelations, Romans, and then you're thinking that it's inside those words that you will find eternal. No, it points to Jesus. It points to the Spirit who then brings out eternal life from what you have seen and from what you have read. Um, read. Because like I showed you, the devil quoted scripture back to Jesus and said, it is written. So, are we any different from unbelievers or those who quote things, quote scriptures anyhow, when that is not our reality. The Christian walk becomes very stressful and becomes very strenuous when the words that we can see have not yet come into our hearts. You can find that in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 6. It says that he has made us able ministers of the New Testament not of the letter, but of the spirit. Because the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The word there, kills, says, um, it, it says kills anyhow. It says, um, dampens you of your spiritual life. So it's not necessarily physical death. But in some cases, it could result in that. If you're believing God for a healing, and that healing scripture has not yet Got, gone from pages of a, of a paper up into your heart. Now, the way we can speak and say it is written and quote scriptures for it to be of any effect, either when in the place of prayer or in the place of commanding our mourning, commanding our destiny, casting out demons comes from the book of i'm going to read two two chapters and i'm going to explain two verses sorry matthew 12 verses 34 to 35 it says "O generation of vipers how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so you cannot be speaking scriptures quoting scriptures when it is not first coming out out of your heart the Bible says a good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So when Jesus Christ spoke to, responded to the devil and said, it is written, he was speaking out of the abundance of his heart. That was why it was able to make a difference. That is why you see sometimes people try, maybe people are having bad dreams or nightmares or demonic attacks and they are saying it is written, it is written and the devil just slaps them because it is not coming from a place 
from the abundance of the heart is just coming from your lips. The Bible says that it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, Matthew 15 verse 11, but that which comes out of, a ma of, of the mouth that defiles a man. So you can say the opposite of what purifies a man. I've said all this to say that your ability to keep the word of God, your ability to follow the ways and the precepts of God depends on where the word of God is written. <laughs> it's time for the word of God to move from the pages of the scripture into our hearts. It's time for the word of God to move from our head and our head knowledge and stay in our hearts. I want to ask you a question. Where is God's word written to you? Where, where is it written? Is God's word written in your journal? Is God's word written even on the paper of the pages of your, what we call a physical of a Bible? Or has God's word moved? Jeremiah 31, 33 to 34. It says, this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in the inward parts. Because it got to a point where everyone was just like, you know what, I, I can't do this. Every, every day breaking law. <laughs> and this even goes beyond breaking law. It goes beyond the Ten Commandments. Sins. What about the very reality, the, the God kind of life that we ought to live here on earth? After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. For anyone here who is struggling with any instruction that God has given you, like I said, don't limit yourself to Ten Commandments. Anybody here who is struggling with certain instructions that you know in your head that you believe that God is asking you to do, things that God is asking you to give up in this season. It says that, and they shall teach, and no more would you need to, would any, any man need to teach his neighbor. No more would you need to, to, to teach people around. Saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. The Bible says, from the least of them unto the greatest, saith the Lord. For I will give, forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. God wants you and I to have a deep revelation and a deep understanding of who he is, of his word, and of his laws. Hebrews 10, 15 to 16. The Holy Spirit has been a witness unto us. This is the covenant that I will make. Basically repeating what was said in the book of Jeremiah. 
that I will put my law in their hearts and in their minds I will write them. Going back to the example I gave us about the sat-nav where your default position, you jump into the car, you're planning to go somewhere and you're, you, just, you just turn in the direction of work because that is the default position because it's gone from your head now. You no longer need a sat-nav. It's now embedded in your heart. And that is the same thing with the, with the laws of God. He says, I will put my law in your heart and I will, in your mind, I will write them. Things will become so much easier when this happens. Wherever you are, I want you to talk to God this evening and say, Lord, I am ready. I'm ready for the words that I see in this, in the Bible, the words that I see in scripture, the commandments, the laws, the promises. I'm tired of them being just things that I read. I want them to become my living reality. When that happens, out of your mouth, you will speak from the abundance of your heart. No point speaking if it's not first being embedded in your heart. Let us open our mouths tonight and pray to God. Lord, I'm ready. Lord, I'm ready. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says that God says, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from, your, from you your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. A heart of stone can be broken. We saw Moses, God wrote the laws upon tablets of stone and Moses in anger broke it. He's saying that I will change that heart that, you know, that, that, that is wishy-washy where based on how you feel, you decide you want to obey or you decide you want to believe what God's word says. But we just, we, let, let us just talk to God and say, God, here I am. I, I, I want more. I want more. I want to be able to face the devil and if he dares say it is written Tony like he did to Jesus I want to say it is written but this one is not from my lips it's not me going onto Google to look for where does this one say this I want it to flow out of my belly out of the abundance of my heart I want my mouth to speak out of the abundance of my heart because the scriptures have been written upon the tablets of my heart I want to be I want to be a living epistle. God, place your words, your laws in my heart. Oh God, write it in my heart, Lord. Joshua 1.8 says, The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but it cannot not depart out of your mouth if it was never in your heart. 
because you speak from what comes out of your heart. And so for my way to be prosperous, for me to have good success, it says that I need to, the law, the book of the law, the, the word of God cannot depart from my mouth, but it has to first come from my belly, from my inside. That way when you go to bed and you you quote scriptures like he gives his beloved sleep, some of sometimes we quote scriptures and we just we turn our nose because it's it's as we're saying the scriptures, we are laughing at ourselves. Father, would you move me to a place from pen and paper, ink, and write upon my heart, Lord. Write upon my heart, Lord. Write upon the tablets of my heart. The enemy came and, and, and checked Jesus out and could find nothing in him. Nothing of his in him. The word of God had fully taken over. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, that I might not miss the mark. Let my default position be, be let, let, let me be bent in the direction of God. Let my default position always go back to God because that's where the word of God is hid in my heart, that I might not miss the mark, that I might not miss the points, that I might not miss the path. Even when it comes to making decisions, Lord, sometimes, sometimes you don't, sometimes it's, sometimes things are not clear. But if his word is written upon my heart, in, if I hide his word in, inside my heart, I wouldn't go astray. I wouldn't miss the mark. I would be able to make right decisions. I will be able to make wise decisions. Lord, I ask tonight, even for, the, for this house, kingdom culture, we thank you for your word, for your, you are generous to us with your word in this house. Let it move. Let it move into our hearts. Let it move into the very core of this house. Let your word, the things that we see, the reality of scripture, Become our reality, God. Somebody keep praying. Keep praying. I want my subconscious, my default to be the word of God. I want my default to be the ways of God. Because it is in my heart. From your heart flows the issues of life. What issues are flowing out of your life? What issues are flowing out of your life? Father, help me. Guard your heart with all diligence for because out of it flows the springs of life. 
out of it flows the issues of life. Imagine if your life was, your heart was full of the word of God. What will flow out of it? <laughs> oh, Jesus. We don't just want to be people who are going up and down quoting scriptures. No, 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 no. Oh, Jesus, above else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Imagine if everything that was flowing was emanating from the word of God, the word of God that is spirit and life. Imagine what your environment will look like. Imagine what your family will look like if your heart had the words of God written on it. Lord, write your words upon my heart. Write your word upon the tables, tablets of my heart. For some of us, we have so many things that are clogging up our hearts, so many distractions. I'm going to give you a few moments to do business with God tonight. Elijah said, if God is God, serve him. If Baal is Baal, serve him. God is not going to strive in the same environment. He will not strive with man forever. When the Philistines placed the ark of God beside Dagon, we know what happened. He's not going to share his space. He's not going to share that glory with anyone. So, you're going to pray if your heart is clogged up with so much. It could be from the things that you watch, from the things that you read, from the places that you go to, for the, from the things that you listen to, that are just clogging up your heart and you have no space for God, you have no space for the word of God. I want you to come to God and I say, God, would you? cleanse my heart and, and make commitment to him to say, Lord, I will give you the room. I will give you the room, Lord. In this heart of mine, I will give you the room. Take the pen and write upon this heart. Write upon my heart, God. Lord, don't just give me rules and tell me don't do this or do that or I'm calling you to a higher level of consecration. These are the things I want you to do. And then it's just inside my head. Lord, can you move to my heart? The reason you and I can be very tired and jump out of bed and go to work is because that place of work is now in your heart. Your paycheck at the end of the month is in your heart. That sometimes even when you're sick, you will drag yourself to work because, or if you, mainly if you're self-employed, if you're employed, you know, yeah, they will still pay sick pay. But if you're self-employed, I see many self-employed people dragging themselves. I'm like, no, 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 you don't do this to yourself because it's in their heart. When would we see the word of God like that? The word of God says, out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. That belly is not just your, your stomach, you know, where your food is digested. It's talking about the core of your being. 
the deep parts of you, your heart, your mind, your soul, the deep, deep, deep parts of you, the belly of your spirit. God, would you write it down? Lord, write it down. And even as I'm beginning to, as I'm carrying on speaking right now, I just believe that the Lord will just begin to wash, wash on your heart right now. Anything that is there, you know, some people have unforgiveness, anger, malice, all those things lost, you know, things that are anti the spirit of God. Even in this atmosphere, Lord, we ask for a washing away by the word of God that the word of God will take preeminence and will have, take full course. Let your word take full course in our lives. Let your word take full course in our lives, oh God. Proverbs 4, verse 4. It says, take hold of my words with all your hearts not with your head. If it's in your head, you will fail. If it's in your head, you will get frustrated. If it's in your head, you will give up. Lord, help me to hide your words in my heart. Father, and even as we build up towards this, the summit and build up towards coming out of the ark, let us be a people who you have inscribed your words on the very core of our being. And every junk that we have placed in our hearts, we let it go and we say, Lord, you just be you and have full control of this heart. I give you my heart, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. I'm going to leave us tonight with one reminder. And that reminder is to say, guard your heart with all diligence. And let God daily in his presence, spend time with him. Let him write his words upon the tablets of your heart. That would happen when you spend time in his presence. That's how Moses was able to get the Ten Commandments. When he went up and spent some time with God in his presence. So every day, present your heart to God. In the name of Jesus. Just a few things to, to say before we round up tonight still remain in the atmosphere if you have an offering to give the details will be out here um, you can give your offering online we are back again tomorrow tomorrow afternoon at one o'clock for service feel free to invite people online and if you want to come down to the studs, the embassy in London please feel free to do so we carry on with our 40-day journey leading up to the summit. And if you have not registered for the summit, please do register. 
spread the word and I'll leave you all tonight. Have a good night and God bless you. Amen.
Que tu te souviens des pointeurs de lance sur nos revers, Père, ta gloire est toujours Est-ce que tu te souviens des pointeurs? Je veux que ta lumière descende. 